broadcasting from the great city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the home of the Liberty Bell. This is the TeacherCast Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Bradbury, and welcome to another episode of the TeacherCast Podcast from TeacherCast.net. The TeacherCast Podcast is a weekly show where we discuss the 21st century technologies that teachers need to utilize in their 21st century classrooms. Today we're going to be calling our show Back to School with Technology. Many of us are looking back at the past few weeks wondering where the time went and what we can look forward to in a new school year ahead. TeacherCast thought it would be great to showcase some of the great ways technology is being used in the classroom today and maybe give you some suggestions on the apps and gadgets you might be able to use in your classes this year. To help us, we have three very special guests with us today. From the great state of New Jersey, we have Stephanie O'Brien. Welcome to the program, Stephanie. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to be here again. Stephanie is a fantastic educator who's truly an expert in her field. She also brings a very unique point of view to the show that I believe many of our listeners might be able to connect to, and we'll get into that in just a few moments. Uh, Could you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, Stephanie? Yes, um, I'm a behavior consultant for students with special needs. So I work in homes and in schools designing mostly ABA programs and language programs for students who have delays. Excellent, excellent. And how many uh, school districts would you say you you travel to? Right now I have about five in New Jersey and one in New York. That is amazing. It is really nice when you know that you have a chance to work with so many great kids, isn't it? Yes, I love it. Also joining us on the program today is Stephanie's husband, Terry O'Brien, a fourth grade teacher. Welcome to the program, Terry. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I teach uh, regular education, uh, fourth grade in Morristown, New Jersey, um, basically math and language arts and New Jersey history. Great, great. And uh, you're looking forward to the, to the school year coming up? Oh, my gosh. Uh, absolutely. It's always a, a, a brand new class of apples. When do you guys start back? We go back the day after uh, Labor Day, so I guess that's about September 6th or so. You know, it's, it's, it's funny in doing this show, that seems like it's a few weeks away. It almost seems like it's a month away. And, you know, I was just doing a show with somebody who actually started their kids today. And we were having Twitter parties today because it was the last time that they were able to tweet during the school day. So let's all enjoy those next few weeks. Joining us also from halfway around the globe, we have Mark Greentree. Mark's a good friend to the show. He's a blogger and a podcaster, and he has a couple of really wonderful young kids. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing very well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show again. And uh, we're glad when you uh, stopped by. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. As you mentioned, I'm a blogger and podcaster, mainly in Macintosh technology and and iPads and iPhones and so forth. You can find all my work at everydaymacsupport.com. Stephanie, you you recently got a new toy, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> now, we, we mentioned at the top of the show, you, you kind of have something in common with a, a lot of our listeners out there. Um, last week, you and I had a chance to get to know each other, and we spoke about this gift that you were given. You, you were given a really nice gift, weren't you? 
Yes, I was. What, what was that gift, Stephanie? I was given an iPad by Jim McClafferty with Brain Parade. Ooh. Now, I, I know so many of my colleagues where I teach, they're in that same position. They, they come to me and they're like, I just got this iPad. I don't know what to do with it. Now, can you tell our listeners, what did you do with that iPad for the first couple weeks of having it? <laughs> I left it on my counter in the box untouched. I was afraid to open it. And the whole time I was supposed to be playing around with it, getting used to it so that I could help um, to create and develop the C, the application C-Touch Learn. Were you just not sure what to do with it? Were you kind of scared? Were you, were you looking for a nice paperweight? <laughs> I was. I was afraid to turn it on. I was afraid to drop it. I felt like I didn't want to break it. I didn't want to do anything to it before the application was developed. So I just I just left it there. And when I told Jim that, he laughed at me and he said, just turn it on. He said, it's very easy. And when I finally did and I followed the directions that were inside, I surprised myself with how easy it was for, for me to turn it on. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think you said it best right there. I think that's going to be one of the best slogans that we have on TeacherCast. The iPad. Just turn it on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so so what what was it that made you decide to finally open it up and, and what were some of the first things that you did with it? Well, I, I needed some help in the beginning and, and Jim knows how to sort of take over the laptop. I, I'm, I'm not sure what that's called when I when I give him the control of my laptop to help me download the apps that he wanted me to try and test out for him. So honestly, I didn't do all that much by myself at first, but through watching him uh, on the computer and talking to him, I was able to quickly realize that I'm not going to break the iPad. I'm not going to ruin <laughs> it. I'm not going to download all of these things that are going to give me some sort of a virus that it would break. So um, I think it was just by listening to the simple directions of just downloading an app and playing with it, um, I found that I was less and less afraid of the iPad, and now I, I'm actually pretty good on it. And, and Terry, do you remember the time where, where she kind of decided to open up the box and what is this thing and transition into maybe, you know, doesn't want to put it down now? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else. You know, you, you really have to kind of play around and make mistakes. And, and, you know, a lot of times you learn more by mistakes than you do by success. So, you know, with, with watching Stephanie go through, um, you know, the, the the stages of learning and growing with the, you know, with the iPad, it was it was really cool to watch and and having two little ones, uh, you know, little kids, uh, you know, just kind of getting there with her. And, you know, she's like introducing stuff to them and and they were growing with her, and it was it was it was really cool, uh, you know, really cool to see. How many children do you guys have? We have two. We have um, a little boy and a little girl who just turned three and four in July. And whenever I can't find my iPad now, I have to chase after my four-year-old because he just takes it and he knows what to do with it. Mark, you also have a three and four, or four and five. You said. Uh, Four and five, and um, 
they've actually got their own iPad now. Uh, we've actually got three iPads in the house, so they're no longer stealing my one and, and running around and playing games on it. But they picked it up absolutely within minutes of sort of throwing anything in front of them. You sort of look at it and as an adult, and especially adults that are perhaps used to using a keyboard and mouse in a traditional way and not necessarily the touch interface, it's just remarkable to see how quickly they actually pick it up at, at such an early age and can just use it like they've been using it there. Well, not their whole lives, but certainly for, you know, five or ten years. What are some of the things that your little ones do with it, Mark? What, what are some of the well, apps? Well, what I do is I try and get – I try and make it fun but also make it educational. So, for instance, there's a whole series of Toy Story books that are released by uh, Disney Pixar and they actually the, – the books will actually read and highlight each word and then turn the page and there's little animations and then there's little games that they can play, hidden object games and matching different characters in the game and so forth. So it gives a little bit of fun whilst also encouraging them to read in, in a more traditional sense. So I like those kinds of apps. I, I don't go for any that are just purely game only. It's, there's got to be some story in there, some some reading in there. There's a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine uh, ones, which my son just loves. They're beautifully animated, and they tell a really great story for that level. And do you find these are the things that you need to help your children start up? Or no. at five years old, they, they just pick up the iPad and... Well, they've both been using computers since they were about two years old. Uh, so they, they know how to use the keyboard and mouse, so they're already aware that if they click on something, or in the case of the iPad, tap on something, then something will occur. Uh, so my son has really picked it up well. My daughter, not so much. She's um, she, she does pick it up, but she gets a little bit too uh, confused, I suppose, if you will, with some of the harder... Uh, titles that are available but my son just he goes at it and he's the younger one too which is surprising and he doesn't have a problem at all terry have you had a lot of time to play with the ipad yourself with all these kids and and your wife playing with it uh yeah absolutely i have and and you know as a fourth grade teacher i i've told my father-in-law many 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 times um you know he he always is very inquisitive about you know where we're going with education and whatnot and the bottom line that i see jeff is that you know this ipad is going to be every kid's notebook there's not going to be textbooks there's not going to be notebooks there's not going to be pens there's not going to be pencils um within the next couple of years the bottom line is is every kid's going to have an ipad and everything's going to be on it and they're going to travel from school back to home and it's not going to be like hey listen mr o'brien i left my math book at home it's going to be mr o'brien i left my ipad at, 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 at home or i left my ipad back at school um, it's going to be an all-in-one type of device. That's the way that I think that we're going. I've seen, um, you know, things come and go. This is the next wave. If it does get that far, and this is really something I haven't even thought of yet. You know, when we buy an iPad, we we buy the apps for it, and and the apps are are personal. We own those. But if every student is bringing an iPad to class. Whose responsibility is it to get the content on there? Are we looking at maybe the days where the school has to put the app 
on our personal iPad, you know, whether it be a, an e an e textbook or a science lab software. Mark, Mark, where do you see this going? Well, well, I'll just hit on one of the the issues first. Apple has announced volume purchasing for businesses, and I assume that will extend to education, uh, which enables basically anyone who's running a business or an education facility to actually purchase apps in volume and then deliver them out to multiple devices at a, a cheaper rate. So that's one thing uh, to to be looked at, and. Certainly, I, I think really it needs to be done at the educational level. I think uh, most schools today tend to have an IT professional on hand, even if they're not necessarily qualified as that, but certainly someone who does have a lot of knowledge in that field. Uh, so I, I think really to make sure that the kids are using the right apps, you know, the, the last thing teachers want to be doing is in the classroom saying, all right, you know, open this app, and then someone puts up their hand and, and says... Uh, what apps that? Where do I get it? I, I don't know what to do. Terry, wait, you you teach fourth grade. You said, do you see a lot of kids looking to use technology? Do you, is there a rumbling for from parents of can I bring a laptop in, or can my kid bring their iPad in to take notes with? Where are things these days in fourth grade? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we our our math textbook, our math workbook, our science textbook, our science uh, workbook are, are online. Um, parents do not want the kids to have to travel back and forth with these heavy textbooks any longer. Nor do they want uh, the excuse of a child saying, "Oh, I forgot my book at, at at school." It takes that out of the mix. So the bottom line is, you know, wherever the wherever the parents are, wherever the kids are, they can get access. They can have access to these um, to these pages, to these exercises, to these homework assignments. There is no excuse. There is no carrying back and forth. Um, so, I mean, it's just a matter of time until I see again, and, and this is fourth grade. I mean, these kids are nine and 10 years old. So, um, it's just a matter of time until everything is, 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 is along these lines. So your science book is a website that they go to, or is there a PDF that they're reading or how, how does that work? Um, we have our science textbook and our science workbook on online. So basically, um, you know, the kids all have the same password. So, for instance, we create the password for our homeroom. Let's say our homeroom uh, for, for, for my case would be uh, Utley. Uh, which is the Philly's second baseman. <laughs> He's my favorite Philly. So we create that password um, on the first day of school. And then, um, you know, every kid in the classroom can access whatever's going, whatever's going on, um, you know, uh, with homework using that password. So wherever they are, if they're on a laptop at home, if they're in a library at home, if they're at grandmom's house at, at, at her workstation, it doesn't matter. Um, they can access what's going on as far as the textbook and the workbook. And they're able to copy and paste the text. Can they, can they highlight things? Is it, a, what's the, yeah. is there, what's the interactive there or interaction? Yeah, I mean they can they, they can basically do everything. They can, they can copy and paste. They can uh, they can access everything. They can um, they can go to the study questions, to the test questions. They can um, they can even go to the um, there are enrichment pages. So, for instance, let's say that um, let's say a child was really skilled uh, with uh, multiplication and mathematics, and their parent uh, wanted them to be a little more challenged. They can actually go to another page. 
that's uh, like an enriched page, which is even an extension of the homework. They can access that and do that page also. Um, they have that availability to them. Mark, what do you think about all this stuff? Are we at the point where students should have multiple monitors on a desk? Oh, I don't think there's necessarily a need for multiple monitors, but certainly having that already at the fourth grade level is just fantastic. It's amazing uh, what current technology is already doing. And just, you know, giving kids the ability to actually interact with something that is fun and entertaining, let's be honest, kids and adults alike are, are not as intrigued with books uh, and never have been really in my opinion so to be able to have something like an ipad for instance where you can have a multitude of of things happening and it's just got that excitement it's just going to help the teachers teach and help the the uh, students learn in my opinion and stephanie you you travel district to district right yes where what do you see when you travel to these different districts Are, are they all the same is technology at different points um, what what grades do you work with, first of all? I work with students anywhere from ages 2 to, I believe, my oldest is 18. Okay, so you're traveling elementary school, one district, high school, another district, different days, different levels. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in, in these different school districts. Um, there's still a wide range. I know in um, the district that I work in, we are work- looking to move toward iPads. For related services, for classroom teachers, for the students with special needs, and then there are still some districts that that aren't even close to to using technology. I mean, still laminating cards and and cutting pictures out of magazines and, and gluing them on index cards. I mean, things are just it, there. Really, is a wide range in 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 the small area that I travel in New Jersey too. And is that a budget thing would you say or is that more of just access to this information or maybe the school building doesn't allow the technology to happen in the first place i'm not so sure of that just by working with other people in the district i find that it's just some some districts are just not as modernized and i'm not really sure what the reason is i i think a lot of it is not knowing what's out there or not knowing how to start what's out there we're starting to go towards ipads and we haven't even gotten them yet and we've already had three in services on different apps that are available just to get us familiar with what we can actually do with it when we have it i'm fortunate enough to have one so if i see an app that i really like i can come home either if it's for my own children or for students i can come home and play with it but for the majority the staff they don't have them yet so they're listening to all this information and they're watching all these apps and they're getting really excited and then we're not doing anything yet <laughs> so we're really really preparing to move towards ipads where some districts are not even using the computers what, what are some of the apps that you're uh, finding are interesting or what's what's out there for the uh, special education teacher? Uh, well, of course, there's C-Touch Learn, which is one that we use for the ABA programs. It's an app that allows you to have hundreds of flashcards at your fingertips to create programs and lessons. Um, I find uh, something we were talking earlier about getting kids used to playing with the iPads. I like to use Alpha Baby. 
it's a free app. It's for, um, it just allows a child to, when they touch the screen, a letter pops up or a shape pops up and they can practice with the, um, the pinch and release. They can make the letter small. They can make them big. They can fling them across the screen and it sort of allows them to just touch the screen and see what happens. And then they start to see what they do, what, how they can make it bigger, how they can make it smaller, which I think is a good skill for a lot of the apps that we're going to introduce to the kids. Um, another one that I like is the balloonimals for the for the young ones because they, I think there's actually two versions. The one that I have is you you shake you you swipe your fingers back and forth on the screen and it and it um, creates a balloonimal. And then I've seen others that you shake the whole iPad and it turns into a balloon animal. Um, both, either one, I, I like the cause and effect that it teaches the students that when they touch the screen, it's purposeful. And then you can slowly start to move into more of the academic apps. Terry, what are some of the apps that you've been using lately? Um, what we do is um, the, the for instance, when when we first start with the kids, uh, you know, we'll we'll start with like an ABC type of tracing, um, which which is a good app that kind of you know teaches the kids how to you know uh, form their letters properly. Um, it's amazing at the fourth grade level, um, you know, by the time that you get the kids, you expect them to be able to read, to be able to write in full sentences, and a lot of these kids really can't even form their letters properly, and they spend so much time. Um, trying to form their letters that they're not getting down what they want to say. So in, instead of expressing themselves and, and, and telling me, you know, like the stories that they want to create, they're actually spending so much time trying to, trying to just create a B um, that it kind of, it holds them up. So, you know, what we do is, you know, we, we, we just take it from the very basics. So like an ABC tracing type of app is a real good starter, uh, you know, even for the fourth grade. Um, you know, uh, uh, the touch tutorial um, or like a or, or like a mathematics, um, you know, a, a, dex dyster, a, a dexteria, um, you know, where you're not assuming that any child is you know, advanced or e e the thing that I think with, with most teachers that we get in trouble with is our assumptions. We can't assume that kids are any more advanced than they should be. So we have to really take it from the basics and go from there. You know, one of the things as you're going through and, and learning these different devices, these different apps, I'm sure you guys must've been, you know, nervous at one point in time of, Am I going to drop it? What happens if I push the wrong key? Or, you, know, did, you had some of those feelings too, like right, right, Steph. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I bought um, a case right at Best Buy before I even knew what else was out there. So my um, screen is not yet protected. I know, I've learned about the OtterBox, and especially working with the little ones, I've learned about the case that can cover the button that that shuts it off. Mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to wrestle with them while I'm trying to work with them to block them from, from apping out of wherever we are. And, and Patrick, our four-year-old is also very, uh, <laughs> very, very hands-on with the eye, with, with the iPad. So, uh, you know, he, he's always, you know, eating a sandwich and then, you know, going to touch the iPad. So don't want to have peanut butter and jelly on that iPad. Do you? Mark? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not if we can help it. Hey, Mark, you're, 
your field is mostly in what to do with these different types of apps, correct? That's correct. Um, for speaking to somebody like Stephanie and Terry who just got their first iPad, um, and maybe for the teacher who's thinking about getting an iPad, could you talk to us a little bit about what the difference is between an iPad and a laptop? Why would I go get an iPad or why would I go get a laptop? Well, it's a good question, actually, because you've got two really different markets. And, uh, you know, often laptops and desktops are regarded as the trucks of the computing industry, whereas the uh, iPads now are regarded as the cars, if you will. Uh, It's just more user-friendly. There's less you have to think about. On on one side of the fence, I I know that Stephanie mentioned that she was worried about getting viruses on it and, and hence, you know, wasn't sure how to protect herself. Well, the iPad's great because it's a closed system. It's controlled completely from within Apple. Uh, The apps that you put on the device are approved by Apple and checked for any issues whatsoever. So the possibility of getting a a virus on there is very, very slim. Uh, It would have to... it, It would be... You know, a one in a million chance, to be quite honest. So I think that's the first thing that people need to to realise, especially teachers, that that's not going to happen. Certainly with regards to can you break it? Um, Yes, you can. (laughs) It is glass. It will break. It will damage. And certainly if you've got kids using it as well, a, uh, a good screen protector and a nice... Not necessarily hard case, but certainly a, a rubber case will protect the edges and so forth. The other thing that I'd do from a teacher's standpoint that I'd, I'd recommend is have fun with it first. Before you start teaching with it, before you start using it for education purposes, if you like reading books, go to the AI bookstore and download some books and, and read books on there. If you like watching movies, TV shows, download some from the iTunes store. Enjoy it as an entertainment device first and foremost. And then start working your way into those apps that you feel your students could benefit from. I think that's some great advice. Here's the question. I, I, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I agree wholeheartedly with, uh, with Mark. Um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, as a teacher, you need to really get in there and do stuff before you go and you show these to the, you know, these things to the kids. Um, you need to, you know, try it, play with it, have fun with it. And then, you know, and, and learn, you know, as, as you go along, um, and then, and then go and, and, and show the kids what's going on. Um, but it, but it's all, it's all that, it's all that pre-lesson stuff, um, that makes the lessons that much better. Have you found a case for your iPad yet? Uh, we do have one, but it's it's not. Um, it's made by Targus. It, it it is one that allows me to have it at a slant for some of the kids, which is better. And it just has a leather case that folds around the iPad, and and then you can uh, put the little elastic piece around it. But I do. I have seen more of the OtterBox, and then there's there's other cases. I, I don't even know all the names of them. <laughs> I haven't even gone there yet, um, but yeah, we have something. Have you named your iPad yet? I have not. I did not know <laughs> you were supposed such, to give it a name. It is such a cool toy, though. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I am not a technology kind of guy, and to be very honest with you, you know, when we got the laptop, I poo-pooed that, and then when we got this iPad, I poo-pooed that. The iPad is by far the best thing that's, I mean, that's come along. It's unbelievable. So today I had an opportunity to go out to lunch with some friends and 
and they got me on the rant of, of why do I need an iPad? And and I happened to have my iPad there. I, I, I took it out. I showed them some of the music apps because I was with some music teacher friends. And, and, and they asked me the question, can I do on an iPad what I can do on a laptop? And can I do on a laptop what I can do on an iPad? Um, Mark, what would your answer for that be? Can can everything on an iPad be done on a laptop and vice versa? No, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You've got to understand that there's a limitation with the processing power and the amount of storage and so forth that you have on the iPad. The iPad has always been regarded a little bit more as a consumption device versus a creation device. However, that is starting to change and we're starting to see apps come out from different developers that actually allow everyone to create. I'll take one example, which is GarageBand, uh, which you know my kids use. I've got it on their iPad and they just play around. They make little recordings and so forth and they're actually getting a rhythm there and, and my my daughter comes out and, and she's got the iPad and she's holding it like a guitar and she's playing this really mean guitar riff and it's just absolutely hilarious. But the good thing is for the older kids, you can actually then, um, if we're talking about sort of a, a music lesson, uh, which you'd be familiar with, Jeff, you can actually record uh, musical instruments directly through an interface onto the uh, iPad through gr- the GarageBand app. Uh, and then, of course, edit it and so forth and make your little creations and then export them out to whatever you're doing. You can also do the same with something like iMovie, um, which allows you to basically, you know, the iPad 2, it's got a camera on there. You know, it allows you to go out there and take some fo- uh, some video, I should say, and edit it together. Throw that music that you've created into the mix. It's a great creation tool. So I think we're going to see a lot more apps actually become creation devices on the iPad. But right now, as it stands, I still feel if you need more control to find detail and so forth, then a full... Uh, a full computer is much better at the moment. But to learn to consume, the iPad is definitely the way to go. Now, would you say, Mark, that there are some things that you'd want to have an iPad for instead of a laptop? And any like apps that are only iPad-specific that say Terry as a fourth grade teacher would want? Yeah, look, it is, it, it's totally different because I, I've got both the desktop and the the uh, iPad and my kids use both. But here's the problem. The, the educational software in most cases, especially for young kids, has not been updated since the late 1990s. So it's still really, really old software. Um, and whilst old software can still teach and educate, the problem is that it doesn't bring in new characters that they see on, on TV shows or cartoons into the mix. And, uh, you know, going back to what I was originally saying at the beginning of the show was, you know, the kids will tend to learn a bit more if they see fun things, things that, you know, glow and, and have pretty colours and, and look fantastic. It really helps them. So I, I think from the standpoint of... Where the usability is, I think the teacher is best using a, a full-blown computer, but I think the students are much better using little apps because even if you look at, say, the Mac App Store on a, on a Macintosh system, the amount of educational titles there, you can count on basically two hands. 
whereas there are literally hundreds upon hundreds of different educational games available on the, the iPhone, iPod Touch and iPad. And I recently did a review which will be published in the next couple of days on a, a great little app called Chuck and Friends and it's a, it's a Tonka sort of game and so forth but it's also got a, an educational uh, overture to it as well. But what is really good about that is it's universal. So you buy it one time and then it works across your iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. You don't need to buy it twice. Uh, so that's just something that also comes in handy uh, more from uh, the parents' standpoint. If you think about it, you know, most people aren't going to go and, and take their iPad in the car with the kids for a short trip, you know, down to the local shops. They're going to have their iPhone with them and the kids want to play something. All right, you pass the iPhone in the back and they can play the exact same game. So um, just the usability and the flexibility you've got, I think, just works wonders. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Mark. Um, Stephanie, when you travel between all of your schools, what do you have to bring with you into each school? You have, you have your bags, of course, and your jacket, and, but like, how much do you have to carry around with you? Just Well, before, I, I would have to carry around all my materials. If I was testing kids, I'd have to make sure I had picture cards that went with the assessment that I was using. I'd have to make sure that I had reinforcers so that I would be fun to play with. So I'd have to have toys or snacks or characters or something that I could get the kids' attention to make them want to come over and work with me so that I could test them or demonstrate how to teach a certain skill to them. Um, but now I really, I, I really just bring the iPad. I, I, I have my apps with the flashcards using the C-Touch Learn, and I have the reinforcers, which vary from games or books like Mark was talking about, or little YouTube clips of Caillou or um, Thomas, anything that I know that the student will like, or Super Y, there's a great Super Y app that I know a lot of the students like. And really now when I go to do a quick assessment or if I want to demonstrate a procedure, I'll just bring my iPad instead of all my bags. <laughs> so basically because of the iPad, you've saved yourself a trip to a lot of chiropractors. Absolutely. And also a lot, uh, we were testing a new student the other day and the speech therapist went before me, which was nice. And she said that he kept swiping all of the cards off the table. So they had to stop and pick them up. So I was thinking, hmm, let me bring the iPad because he can't swipe all those cards off of the table. I have a little bit more control. And he really wanted to be engaged with it and touch it and touch whatever I was asking. Um, so it was really, it was nice. I got much different results than she had gotten on her assessment. And, and Terry, do you have to bring a lot of stuff with you to school every day? Or do you mostly just deal with things that are already in your building? Um, I really deal with most things that are already in my building. Um, but I will say this. I mean, you know, when, when you know, if, if we're going with the iPad direction and, and my school district is going to go ahead and implement this, and I, and I hope that they do, um, I think it's going to really enable me to, you know, get records and, 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 and do those types of things, you know, at home without traveling back and forth with a bag. It'll, it'll just be the iPad. And have you asked uh, Stephanie, if you can get your own iPad yet? I have. And, uh, and we're working on that. Um, it, it may be Christmas. 
<laughs> if I if I play my cards right. I think the kids have to get theirs first. <laughs> <laughs> and one suggestion, one suggestion I'll make just quickly is anyone on a budget and uh, anyone in education and and so forth who are looking to purchase. A, you know, either just one iPad or many iPads. Um, have a look at the Apple refurbished store in your local area, your local country. It's uh, in the Apple store on the left-hand side, right down the bottom. And you can actually get, a, you know, a good $200, $250 off a uh, version one iPad, which is perfectly fine. It still works fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And it comes with the full one-year warranty. So if you're in a, a budget situation, like many people are, I certainly am, uh, you know, with two kids and a home and everything, uh, you know, it just works wonders. You can have the technology, but at a, a much reduced price. You know, I'm well, glad I mean, you- that's, a, that's, a, I mean, that's a great tip. I know that Steph and I have been talking about, you know, making sure that the kids both have iPads and, you know, something for us to kick around with also. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great tip. And, and that's actually what I have. I have, like, the first iPad with, like, the lowest giga whatever you call it. And it, and it holds everything that I need. I would love to get a, a nicer one with the uh, – or the, the newer one with the um, – the camera, but I, I didn't know that you could buy a refurbished one. So thank you for that um, tip because I would love to get one for the kids, but I obviously don't want to get them the $900 one. I would rather spend the least amount of money for them to play around with. Absolutely. I, I think, Mark, you have it right on the nail. And speaking of, of you know dealing with budgets and money, especially when you're looking at iPad versus MacBook, uh, Mark, what's the latest rates these days on the cheapest MacBook? Uh, well, again, you can buy MacBooks refurbished as well, and I have not bought a computer that's not Apple refurbished for about five years. <laughs> Actually, I, the last time I I bought one was about 2006. Every other computer since then has been refurbished, and I have never had a problem with them, and they've always been fantastic. Uh, but you're looking now at the, the MacBook Air, which is, if you look at, at purchasing brand new, it's a thousand dollars. It's they call it nine ninety nine. I call it a thousand. It's their entry level. It's the same size and and roughly the same thickness as an iPad, but it just allows you to run the Mac OS ten line operating system and install a, a bunch of applications on there that you maybe cannot run on the portable iPad device. The only limitation that it does have, though, is on the base entry level. It's only got a, uh, I believe, a 60-gig hard drive. Uh, Jeff, you may be able to correct me on that if I'm, if I'm incorrect there. But it's very, very limited. So by the time you start adding applications, your own files, if you're looking to do anything in iMovie or GarageBand, forget that option it's just not going to be there you need to to really step it up and have a look at then the entry level macbook pros uh for a portable computer that you know will give you 500 gigabytes of storage versus the 60 gigabytes in the in the macbook air and really the macbook air is designed to be almost a i think now we can start to to have a look and say well it's a cloud computing device it's got a certain amount of storage on board so that you can access Immediate files instantly and quickly, but I think as time moves on and Apple introduces their new iCloud service, then it's designed mainly to have files stored in the cloud and accessed from there. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up those points. So if you're looking at 
okay, I teach fourth grade, I, I teach middle school, I need something that's just going to get me from home to work, a, a machine that I can use both on. Do I want to bring a laptop? Do I want to bring an iPad? I'm, I'm just doing a dollars and cents thing. You're looking at a MacBook Air, which is their, their cheapest, and it's a good computer. I don't want to you know down the MacBook Air. It's a great machine, and it comes with a backlit keyboard these days. But you're talking a thousand bucks. Now, for a lot less than that, you can get yourself a really nice iPad 2. And for 60 bucks today over at Best Buy, I picked up myself a Logitech Bluetooth keyboard. Now, with the Bluetooth keyboard, it hooks right into the iPad, and I can do everything that I want to with my keyboard. I can type my documents. I can type my emails. Now, the iPad does have a built-in keyboard to it, so you don't need the the physical device, but for 60 bucks plus the cost of the iPad, you've got a little com- a little mobile computer there. And, and Mark, I'm glad you brought up iCloud, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that in a second. But once we start having this iCloud, you know, Terry doesn't have to worry about a desktop at his at his school maybe not working, or or Stephanie who travels from school to school to school doesn't have to worry about you know where are my files. She can take that iPad with her, and if she needs to, she can take her keyboard with her um, and have access to her docs. Now, Terry, do you need to keep docs or documents on your school computer and at home, or how do you transfer things back and forth? Uh, yeah, no, I need to be able to access the records back and forth, you know, because of grading, um, especially with, you know, today's demands with the kids. Uh, there's a lot of grades and the parents want to know updates and, okay, where's my child's average and how can he get better? Or how can she improve? Or, you know, what are we doing? So I need to be able to access grades wherever I am, especially now that, you know, parents can kind of track you down in a, in a manner of, of ways, especially, you know, with email and texting and whatnot. Um, there's, there's no way to get away. So I, I have to be able to access everything at home and at school. And when you travel back and forth, do you put stuff on a flash drive? Do you use a cloud device? Do you email yourself files? Let's say you're working on a spreadsheet or a presentation for the next day. How do you get that from your home computer to your school? Well, uh, you know, actually right now I'm not even able to do that. So literally I keep everything at school, um, you know, which kind of sounds archaic, but I mean, that's, you know, that's the way it is. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of blinded, uh, you know, when I leave my, when I leave my computer at, at school, that's really, um, you know, that's really it. So. Um, I always have to tell parents, hey, listen, you know, I'll get back to you when I get back to school. Um, if a parent contacts me over the weekend, I'll say, hey, listen, I'll get back to you on Monday, um, you know, which can be a little awkward at times because they want to know, hey, listen, you know, why don't you know Susie's grade? Like I should have them memorized. <laughs> um, and, and and I just don't have that ability. So, you know, having an, uh, you know, in my opinion, having an iPad, uh, you know, the type of thing that I can bring back and forth would really uh, – um, and enable me to be a little more uh, on top of things as far as grading and whatnot. Well, when you're looking at documents, you've got Apple who has re- released uh, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote, uh, which are, are three fantastic applications, all simple, easy to use, with a lovely graphic interface, and they all work on the iPad 
as well as on your Mac. So essentially what you can do, and what's coming out in uh, come September, so only a month away, is the ability for you to actually create a document on one device, say uh, your Mac in the classroom, and then when you're at home, you'll turn on the app, and then you'll be able to view and continue editing exactly where you left off. And it'll just go straight over the cloud, straight over the internet. And then when you save it on your device at home, like your iPad, then you go back to school the next day and the update that you created the previous night will be on the computer. So it's just really, really seamless technology that's that's working to make everyone's life easier. And so the great part about that is, Terry, is even if it's Sunday, you're watching the Eagles game, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you get that parent phone call you'll be able to tell somebody what their kid's grade is. You know what? You're absolutely right. Halftime of the birds on Sunday. That's that's what I live for. (laughs) That's really, really nice. (laughs) Um, You know, we're coming up towards the hour point. Um, Let's just do a little roundtable maybe on apps that we're using, apps that we'd like to see, um, or, or even websites, you know, what websites are you using right now for your students? Um, what's out there these days? Uh, Stephanie. So what I like, of course, I will say again, is um, see, touch, learn for the kids. I also really like um, the, uh, the books, um, Princess and the Frog, the Disney books. They're really great. They tell a story, but then they also have the games like Mark was saying, um, I'm looking at my iPad as we're talking now. I love the Super Y apps. I love the Shape Builder apps. I love the Toontastic where the kids can make their own cartoon and then they sort of move the characters and talk and then they can watch their own cartoon. And that's really good for kids who um, sometimes just practicing conversation or to be able to record their own voice and then hear it back to talk about social stories. There's a great one, uh, Stories to Learn. Yeah, Stories to Learn, where you can, I mean, my iPad doesn't have the camera, but you can take pictures and insert the students' pictures into a social story about playing games or going to the grocery store or losing or what happens when you don't get your way at school. So I really do like those types of apps um, for the kids that I work with. Uh, Mark, would you like to tell us about what you're into and, and maybe some of the apps that you're working with? Well, just from a parenting standpoint, uh, there's the Australian Broadcasting Corporation out here, which is one of our TV networks, has a catch-up TV uh, sort of website and so forth. So instead of having my kids watch that, I actually get them sitting on, in front of the computer and they can then go and select which little uh, sort of shows they, they want to watch. And there's some really good little shows. Uh, one's called Mr. Maker, which uh, he goes and, and literally he makes things out of different pieces of paper and glues things together and, and it's really quite creative. And my kids... Just just love watching that but then at the same time on their ipad i've got things like abc training and, and number training and so forth and then i've got games in in general my son absolutely loves racing games and the funny story is he, he's got these racing games where it's just purely a game and it's not educational but then he's got these educational titles and i walked into his bedroom the other day and he's sitting up on the bed and i thought okay he's playing a racing game no, he wasn't. He was actually tracing the letters of the alphabet and telling himself which <laughs> which they were. So I think really from a parenting standpoint, 
give them access to almost everything. Uh, don't restrict anything, uh, but make sure that you've got an even balance of everything and let them explore. And it's amazing. They will go back to something that is educational just because it's there, because it's entertaining. Uh, without them knowing it's educational, it's like uh, kids with uh, you know Brussels sprouts and vegetables and so forth. You know, If you don't tell them what it is, they don't know. <laughs> So it's just a matter of hiding the, the apps uh, that are really educational amongst the other ones, and then they just go and find it themselves and they have fun. Certainly anything uh, Disney-based or anything book-based is very big on my agenda uh, and something that I, I can't recommend higher. Uh, it's just a new way for kids to experience books. But there again, at the same time, I still have paper-based books that the kids have on their bookshelf and they read. So I think what we're seeing is, is that technology is great, but let's maybe not get too over the top with it. Let's also let the kids have their traditional uh, education life, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mark. And I wanted just to say one more time, thank you all very, very much for being on the program today. It was such a pleasure to talk to all of you. Well, I want to say thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Terry, why don't you tell us how we can get a hold of you? Uh, Terry O'Brien at uh, T-O-B-R-I-E-N at M-T-P-S dot com. And Stephanie? Yes, I am um, actually new to Twitter, so I have Stephanie ABA. That's my Twitter account, or you can reach me at S-H-N-J 715 at AOL dot com. And that address is also on the Brain Parade website. And uh, tell us a little bit about how we can reach Brain Parade and uh, what was the name of the app again? Brain Parade is brainparade.com and the name of the app is See, Touch, Learn. It's a great app and it's a free app, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a really great free app if you have a child with, with special needs and it's, it's, it's a great app, especially if you have a child with autism, correct? Yes. Mark, where can we find you? Well, everyone can find me at www.everydaymaxsupport.com where I write a series of articles uh, basically instructing people on how to use their Macs and iPads and iPhones a little bit better. And you can also come on Twitter and have a chat with me with the username EverydayMac. Thank you again so much, guys. Thank Our you. Pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to the listeners who are listening in today on the TeacherCast podcast. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, teachercast.net, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts and app reviews that are beneficial to you, the 21st century educator. This has been a TeacherCast production. Join us next time for another edition of the TeacherCast podcast.
looking for how everybody else uses Skype in the classroom. And, and really, this was a, such a gem to have. I'm, you know, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. All right. I will let you know when this is all up. Give me a few days and uh, it'll be on iTunes probably by the weekend. All right. Sounds sounds great. And uh, let, let, say, say hi to Jim for me. All right, Stephanie. Oh, I definitely will. And I'll let him know that we had another interview and I've, and I got brain parade out there. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I'll talk to you. We're actually going to have Jim on with Mark and I sometime in like the 10th or something like that of August, I think. Oh, great. So I will see you guys later. Mark, I'll talk to you in in a bit, okay? Okay, cool. All right, bye-bye, guys. See you. Bye.